You're listening to Local Church Podcast. We hope this message helps you to be with and follow Jesus. Enjoy the sermon. Father, thank you so much for this time. We thank you for this day. We thank you for, uh, we thank you, Jesus, that you share your Father with us, um, that you died on the cross, that we might be adopted by your Father. You say that in your Father's house are many rooms, that we think that we have a Heavenly Father that has made room for us to be a part of His family, a part of His home. Um, I pray for anyone here that um, Father's Day is a difficult day for them. Maybe their father's passed away. Maybe they didn't grow up with a father or with a healthy father. Um, or if there's any reasons that this day is difficult, maybe there's some that are longing to be a father and unable to at this point. Um, if there's anyone that is, is struggling this day, I pray that their Heavenly Father, they would come to know you if they haven't already. And if they do, that their Heavenly Father, their perfect Father, their ever-present Father, uh, would comfort them and encourage them and be with them. We thank you that on this Father's Day um, that we have a perfect, good, loving, present, almighty, and powerful Father. Um, I pray if anyone here doesn't know you as their father, they would come to know you as their father. Um, you are a good, a good father. And um, I pray if anyone that has just wounds from their father, that, that, that our heavenly father would heal those wounds. Um, and we thank you. Um, we thank you for the good fathers that are in this room. We thank you for the opportunity to be fathers that can be present and model what you are like. And we ask for the Holy Spirit's help as fathers in this room to be fathers that would be present, that would be loving, that would be uh, protectors and providers, that would be bold, um, that would be tender. Help us to be good, loving, gentle, present fathers. Uh, and we need more godly fathers. And we ask that you would uh, make, this a, make this the type of church that equips and builds and encourages um, the fathers to be godly and good and present, um, that we would spend more time showing the world what you are like, and when we don't show what you are like, we would confess and apologize and point people to the perfect father. Um, we pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, we are in the book of, who knows? The book of Luke, Yes. We are in the book of Luke, and we are just spending t spending a little time in every chapter. We're not we're not hitting every single verse because that would take us multiple years to get through, and um, which is not a bad thing. Some churches do do that, and um, maybe someday we'll we'll do that with the book. But at this time, we did not feel called to be in the book of Luke for years and years, and so. Um, but we are going through it together, and we are in Luke chapter 10 today. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42 is what we're going to look at today. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, you can open them there. Luke 10, 38 through 42. And why don't you all stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Luke 10. 38 through 42. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. 
But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. This is God's word. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word, um, for this truth. Uh, We pray that you would speak to us through it, encourage us, shape us through it, help us to learn what we need to learn through this word today. Help us to hear from you. Uh, Let's just take a, a few seconds silently and just silently ask the Lord to speak to you. Even if you're here, you're not a Christian, um, maybe take this moment and say, God, if you're real, if Jesus is real, would you speak to me today? If you are a believer and a follower, uh, just invite him. You know how much you need to hear his voice. So just ask him, say, Lord, help me hear your voice today. Let's just take a moment to invite him to speak to us. Speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, can all have a seat? Who is Jesus? Um, there's so many facets of who Jesus is. Jesus, this this creator God. Today I want to look at two kind of facets of his character, two uh, descriptions of who Jesus is. Jesus is called the lion and the lamb. He is the lion and in the Lamb. And I think it is pivotal, pivotal, if you are going to be a follower of Jesus, that you get to know Jesus the Lion and that you get to know Jesus the Lamb. First, talk about Jesus the Lion. Jesus the Lion, the Almighty, the Powerful, this Protector, this One of authority and strength and power and might. Jesus, the one with perfect courage. Jesus, the one with perfect boldness. Jesus, the lion. Jesus is not fearful. He is the lion. He strikes fear into darkness. We see all through the stories of the gospel, when Jesus faces demons, when Jesus faces darkness, darkness and the demons flee. Why? Because they understand that Jesus is this lion. Jesus is this mighty powerful lion in the end times when the when when the world comes to its end there won't be a gripping nail-biting who is going to win battle it'll simply be jesus coming down the lion of the tribe of judah coming down leading his host of angels and he will conquer he will conquer when we see a vision of some of these final battles we don't see Jesus, Jesus getting injured. That part is past. That's part of Jesus being the lamb. We just see Jesus victorious. Jesus, the final judge. Jesus, the one in all authority. Jesus is the lion. And we need to know Jesus, the lion, because without Jesus, the lion, we can get afraid. There's many things that can cause us fear. There's many things that can cause us anxiety. There's many things that can cause us 
worry. We can fear what could harm us. We could fear what we could lose. We can fear the future. We can look out at evil in the world because there is evil in the world, right? Turn on the news, read the newspaper, listen to the news on the radio, listen to your latest podcast. It won't take long to hear about evil, 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 more evil, extreme evil, shocking evil, appalling evil, dark, shadowy evil. And if you don't know Jesus the lion, this evil will overwhelm you. It'll cause you anxiety. It'll cause you fear. It'll cause you frustration. But to know Jesus the lion is to know that one day this evil, all of this evil, will be dealt with. And to know that we don't need to fear evil because we walk alongside, we walk nearby, we walk behind, we follow the lion. Do you know Jesus the lion? Do you know the one that is almighty and all-powerful? Are you comforted by his strength? Because what can happen in just modern-day Christianity or just maybe some of you have been raised in the church and only know Sunday School Jesus, and there's lots of wonderful things about Sunday School Jesus. I don't want to lower or demean those in any way, but if you only know Jesus the Lamb, and Jesus is a Lamb, Jesus is gentle and lowly in spirit, Jesus is humble, Jesus willingly laid down his life on the cross, becoming not just a Lamb, but a sacrificial Lamb, pouring out his blood for you and I. Jesus is approachable, not because he's a lion. Jesus is approachable because he is a lamb. Because he is a lamb. And he is a dear friend to us. And he is one that we can draw near to. And he is one that will listen to us. And he is one that can bring us peace to our soul and comfort with his kindness, with his humility, with his lowliness, and with his gentleness. And some of you, you might have friends, you might have family who you love. They are gentle. They are kind. They are soft-spoken. They are humble. And you love them, and you care for them, and they love you, and they care for you. But if you got in a bar fight, you wouldn't want them by your side. Right? You have friends like that? You're like, man, I love this friend. They're a good guy. They're a good gal. I care for this friend. They're so nice. They're so kind. I, I want this friend with me when I need this encouragement or need this. But if I'm in a fight, if I'm in a battle, if I'm in a tough situation, if, I'm, if, if pushes comes to shove, this is not the friend I want next to me. Right? You guys have friends like that, family members like that. You love them, but you're like, man, if we, if we got in the cage, this is the last person I want next to me. Right? And here's the problem. If you only know Jesus as the lamb, if you only know Jesus as the lamb and you get in the cage of this world, you find yourself in a spiritual battle in this world. You find yourself in a spiritual war and spiritual fight in this world and you only know Jesus the lamb, but darkness is pushing up against you. Darkness is pressing up against you. Evil is right in the front of your face. Well, you won't want Jesus by your side because you only know him as a lamb. And so you will look to other things for comfort. You will look to other things for strength. You will look for other things to be something that gives you authority or power. That could be a bunch of different things. Maybe you 
look to physical fitness, not a bad thing. Maybe you look to politics, you're like, I need a strong political leader, then I'll be comforted. Maybe you look to uh, sports, maybe you look, there's all these, maybe you do look to these different friends, you're like, as long as I'm around them, they're, they're strong, they're tough, they're fighters, let's get with them, right? You, you might look to people, they don't even have good character, but you're like, at least they're tough, and that makes me comforted, right? When darkness is up near your face. But if you know Jesus the lion, then when evil is pressing against you and darkness is pressing against you and you find yourself in a spiritual fight and you find yourself in a spiritual battle, but you know that Jesus not, isn't just a lamb, he isn't just gentle and humble and lowly in here, but he's also this lion, then who are you going to want by your side? Who are you going to spend time with? Who are you going to draw near to? The lion. You're going to draw near to the lion. Lord, I'm scared. Lord, I'm facing this. Lord, this is dark. Lord, this is evil. Lord, this is scary. I want to be right near you. I want to be right near you because you are the lion. And when you need comfort, and when you need something to listen, and when you need someone that's tender, and when you need something that's someone that's gentle, if you only know Jesus the lion, you might not go to him because you're like, Jesus the lion is forceful. Jesus the lion is scary. Jesus the lion is powerful. Jesus the lion is mighty. And I just need someone to like just kind of listen right now. I need someone to just like share a cup of tea with me right now. I just need like a shoulder to lean on. And if you only know Jesus the lion, you're going to be like, well, Jesus the lion is just for a battle. And right now I don't need a battle. I need to heal. Well, then you need to know Jesus the lamb. Because Jesus the lamb is gentle and he will heal you. It says, by his wounds. And First Peter, it says, by his wounds, we are healed. By the wounds of the sacrificial lamb, Jesus, we are healed. We are comforted. We need to know Jesus the lion, and we need to know Jesus the lamb, and understand that he is perfectly both. That he is perfectly both. All right, let's jump into our story today. You might be going, what does this have to do with Mary and Martha? Hmm, thanks for asking. That's, per <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Great. Verse 38. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus is saying that there is one thing that is necessary. Now, hold back a second. There's one thing necessary, but Jesus says, look, there are many things that you could be about. Tons of things that you can be about. Right? He's saying, look, Martha, you are distracted. You're anxious and troubled about many things. Like, how many of you are anxious and troubled about many things? Hey, there's a bunch of stuff I'm anxious about. There's a bunch of stuff I'm troubled about. And I spend a lot of my time trying to figure out the stuff I'm anxious about. And a lot of my time trying to do stuff, something about the stuff I'm troubled about, right? And Jesus isn't even necessarily saying it's bad 
here to be anxious about a bunch of things and to be troubled about a bunch of things. Not here. There's a lot of things that you could be doing. This is what Jesus is saying. There's a lot of things that you could be doing. Martha's serving right now. She's serving Jesus. That's good thing. Jesus will talk about how that's a good thing to serve, right? So this is, there's a lot of things you could be doing. There's a lot of good things you could be doing. There's a lot of things in the world that you look at and you're like, that makes me anxious. That makes me worried. I'm actually going to do something about it, right? Hey, we can commend Martha for that. Martha's like, man, there's a ton to do. Jesus is here. His disciples are here. There's, we're hosting a big event. There's a lot to do. Anyone host a big event? Anyone have people over? Anyone uh, have someone over for a meal? Like, there's a lot to do, and you're going to have a lot of people over. You're going to have people over. It's like, we got to clean the house. we got to prepare the food. we got to, and this is what Martha's going. She's like, look, there's a bunch, there's a bunch to do. I'm anxious about the stuff to do. I'm worried about this stuff to do, so I'm going to do this stuff. There's a lot of things you could be doing. There's a lot of good things you can be doing. You can be serving. You can be raising kids. You can be working a good job. You can be helping mentor others. You can be teaching others. You can be leading. You can be following. You can be cleaning. You can be organizing. You can be doing holy laundry, right? Just like all this stuff that you can be doing and doing and this good things and serving and serving and going and going and it's not bad and it can be good and it can be serving. But Jesus says there's one thing that's necessary. Meaning these might be all good things to do. There's a lot of things you can do and a lot of good things you could do, but there's only one thing that is necessary. There's only one thing that is a need. There's one thing that you need to do. You absolutely need in your life. Right? There are certain things in life that we need physically to live. Right? If you go without food and you go without water for a while and continue on this path without food and water, you will find that it is necessary to have food and water. Um, I've had friends in the past that uh, struggled with anorexia. I don't know if anyone's ever struggled here with eating disorders or things like that, but had someone close to us, had, had a very complicated, um, heartbreaking eating disorder, st struggling with anorexia, and we literally watched this person go from physically healthy and to just slowly less and less healthy until eventually they were all bones, right? Just skin and bones, and we're just struggling, and, and it was this hardship, and we could all see it with our eyes, and we're trying to help and trying to speak into their life and let them know, like, you just, no, you got to understand, like, you are, you are wasting away, you are dying, like, food is, so you have to have some sort of healthy eating habit, you need the nutrients, you need the nourishment, like, your body needs it, like, you can't do this, food is necessary, without it, you will die, you will die, like, you're dying, you're wasting away, you're becoming unhealthy, and we can all see it, and Jesus is saying, this is, this is what the soul is like. The soul has one thing, one thing only that's necessary, and it's as necessary as food and water is to our body. What is necessary is to be with Jesus. You have to spend time with Jesus if you're going to have a happy and healthy soul. 
it is an additional thing. It isn't, I mean, I'm now, I want to be a Christian. Okay, I'm a Christian now. I'm baptized now. I'm a Jesus follower now. I'm going to serve Jesus now. I'm going to do things for Jesus now. I got activities for Jesus, etc., etc. Good stuff, good things. Just like, that's great, but look, look, look for your soul. And you're going like, but my soul is struggling. My soul is hurting. I'm anxious and troubled about many, many things. And Jesus is saying, look, 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 slow down. There's one thing that your soul needs. And that's to be with me. There's one thing that's necessary for your soul, and that's to be with me. And even if you're trying to serve Jesus, even if you're trying to help the hurting, if you're trying to do good for all the things that make you anxious and worried in the world, you're breaking your back to love and serve others. Because Jesus commends that, but he's saying, if you do that without me, and you do that without spending time with me, your soul will starve. Your soul will starve. Time with Jesus isn't a luxury add-on for Christians. Being at the feet of Jesus isn't a luxury add-on. It's not a program for Jesus. It's not a program. Being at the feet of Jesus is the one thing we need. If we're going to be followers of Jesus, if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to have healthy, whole, happy souls, we have to be at the feet of Jesus. Just as the body, just as the physical body won't be healthy, happy, and whole without food, without nourishment, without regularly eating good food, your spiritual body cannot live without being at the feet of Jesus. And it's not just being at the feet of Jesus. Listen to this. Listen to what Mary was doing. It said, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. It is necessary for us to listen to Jesus. It is necessary. Your soul and I would say on a daily basis, your soul needs to hear from Jesus. Your soul needs to hear from Jesus. Uh, most of you know we're doing this journal called the Seeing Jesus Together Journal. Um, so the Bible has a Bible reading plan in it. And the goal of this is not just like see how many Bible verses you can read or see who's the journal master, or any of those things. This is simply a tool to help you hear from Jesus every single day. And to do that together. Because your soul, if it doesn't help you do that, find a different tool, that's fine. This is one of the tools that we're doing together as a church. I don't care if you use this tool. I think it'll be helpful. I think it's a good one. I think it's nice that we get to do it together. But if you have a different tool or a different way that you're hearing from Jesus every single day from his word, then use that one. What I care is that you get this one thing necessary, the one thing that your soul needs. And the one thing that your soul needs is to hear from Jesus every single day. And I believe reading through scripture is the best way to hear from Jesus every single day. Yes, you can hear from Jesus from long walks in nature. I'm all for that. 
knowing nature is one of our values. That we believe when we go into God's creation, he can just speak to us through the beauty and the power and the stunningness of his creation. We believe God can speak to us through his hands and feet, the church, through one another. How many of you have heard, heard directly from Jesus by something someone else told you? Something someone else shared with you. Something someone else, man, I was praying for you. God told me to give you this word of encouragement. And you just like, boom. That was Jesus speaking directly to me. That was me getting to hear from him. It's powerful, lots of ways. But I think the most consistent way is to get in his word. In fact, it's his word that helps you discern if any of the other ways are actually from Jesus. Right? Because Jesus can speak to us through dreams and visions. We see that happening in Scripture. Um, but the enemy can also speak to you through visions and dreams. Jesus can speak to you through uh, other people. But the enemy can also. Have you ever had the enemy through a friend, through a family member, through someone say something to you, and it just stuck to you, and it was like a lie, it was an accusation, it was something hurtful, and it just was a way for the enemy to get a thorn in you that you just couldn't get out but it wasn't true. And the enemy tries to use God's word, but if we get to know the w- his word and understand his word embodied in it, then we can filter everything else through God's word. And so if we wake up with a dream, you're like, that might have been from God. And the dream matches what God would say to you through his word, something that ha- we encourage you, and you'd be like, okay, that's from him. If you're going in and it goes like, Oh, I think that might have been from God, but it contradicts like five or six main points of Scripture. Hey, we can pretty quickly then say, well, oh, that wasn't from God. That was a, just a weird dream or a bad dream. Or, right? We use Scripture to hear from Jesus. We use Scripture to test to make sure other things we are hearing are from Jesus. The one thing necessary is to have a relationship with Jesus. In relationship, I think a healthy relationship is quality time and quantity time, right? People argue, it's like, oh, do we want just quantity time? We're going for quantity time. And others are like, well, I really like quality time. It's like, if we're honest, we need both. <laughs> we need both. We need quality time and quantity time. And it's just that we need that for any healthy relationship, any ongoing relationship So we're going to need that if we're going to have a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus says the one thing necessary is relationship with him. Relationship with Jesus. Both quantity time and quality time. What stops us from this? If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, this is not like a major light bulb sermon like no one's probably sitting here and just going oh my goodness never heard that before spending time with jesus reading your bible i can't what this is insane i've never i can't this is oh my i'm so glad i didn't skip today i was going to skip then i didn't skip and then jake said reading the bible is good and i was like whoa never thought of that right no, like I remember this old Sunday school song we used to sing in Sunday school, and it was, read your Bible, pray every day, pray every day, pray every day, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 and you'll grow, grow, grow. Oh, I might release the album. That was good, huh? Uh, kids songs by Jake Chambers. Now on iTunes. Um, 
right? It's just, this is fundamental. This is foundational. This is Christianity, not even 101. This is Christianity preschool. This is basics, right? If you're reading your Bible and praying every day, you're going to grow closer to Jesus. Your soul is going to grow in health. You're going to grow in Christ-likeness. You're going to grow in character. If you do this with an open heart, with an open mind, out of relationship, not if you're doing it out of duty and legalism and a checklist box and pridefully and just becoming a Pharisee. Yes, that can happen too. But if you're doing this with like, no, I want to be with Jesus. I actually want to be at his feet. I want to listen to him. I want to hear from him. I want, it said that she, she was listening to his teaching. She was listening to his teaching. So saying, look, look, I want Jesus to teach me. Right, Father's Day, like dads, let's not, let's not just keep trying to do this thing, the blind leading the blind. Let's not try to do this thing with, without a map, right? Uh, let's not, uh, one of the illustrations they had at this men's conference they went to is this idea of like scaling a mountain. And like manhood is like going through these stages of scaling a mountain. And you don't try to go, you're not going to go just hop out your car and try to summit Mount Rainier with no guide with no studying, with no map. Or no, if you do that, you'll die. And how many dads are just dying on the dad pole because they're going with zero guide? But we have a teacher, Jesus. So Mary's, li Mary's listening to his teaching. That Jesus can teach us how to be godly men. He can teach us how to be a godly woman. He can teach us how to be a healthy and whole disciple. But it takes listening to his teaching. Again, this isn't any brand new paradigm-breaking knowledge. So what stops us? What stops us from doing this? There's probably no one here that if they've been a follower of Jesus for more than five, ten minutes would want to be like, you know what? After the service, I want to I talk to Jake, and I want to just debate him on this, whether or not spending time with Jesus is good for Christians or not. Because I'm, I'm just not sure, Right? I'm going to bring out my points. I'm going to give them like a 10-point reason on why reading your Bible is bad as for Christians. Right? Probably no one's going to come up after and have that conversation. But what stops us? Verse 41, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. What stops us is we get distracted. We get distracted. There are so many things that can distract us. One of Satan's greatest tools, one of Satan's greatest weapons, is just to distract God's people from spending time at the feet of Jesus. If Satan can keep you one day from spending time at the feet of Jesus, he's pretty confident you're not going to be able to do anything that impactful for Jesus that day. So that's why he makes it that goal. That's why you find it. And that's why you find it so difficult to enter into deep prayer all alone. That's why this is difficult. It's difficult because there is a spiritual battle going on. Because you know prayer is good. And if you've ever experienced deep times of just one-on-one -on -one prayer, you know how you come out refreshed. You know how you come out your soul feeling overflowing. You know how you come out feeling more peace. You know how you come out feeling God's presence when you've spent time at the feet of Jesus. And yet, and yet, why does it feel like such a stinking battle to do it the next day? 
I'll tell you why it feels like such a stinking battle to do it the next day. Because it is a battle. Because it is. Because we are at war. Consequences are eternal. And your soul is at stake. And Jesus says, look, there is one thing necessary for your soul. Do you know who else knows what one thing necessary for your soul? This strategy? Satan. Satan knows. He knows that, man, there is one thing necessary for Stephen's soul. It's that he would spend time at the feet of Jesus. Satan knows that, and so he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do every single thing I can to distract him from doing that. If I can just keep him from doing that, it could be good things, it could be bad things. It could be addictions, it could be serving. As long as I can keep you anxious and worried about many things, as, I can, as long as I can distract you with lots of different things, then I will keep that soul from being strengthened by being in the presence of the lion and the lamb. Can you imagine the difference your soul would feel if you woke up every day realizing, tasting, feeling the tangible presence of God, the lion of the tribe of Judah, spending time at the feet of the lion and experiencing his authority, experiencing his power, experiencing the comfort that man Sure, there's a lot of things I was worried about. There's a lot of things I was anxious about. But I just spent time at the feet of the Lion of Judah, the one who spoke the world into existence. And you know what? These things just don't seem so big anymore because this lion is so much bigger. I just spent time at his feet. Or the things that are hurting and the things that are causing you to grieve and the things that you just need, you just need some, you just need that gentle touch. You need that gentle touch. And you woke up and you spent time with the one who was so gentle that he actually laid his life down for you. The one that says, yes, I know you are hurting. Yes, I know there is pain. Let me, let me, me remind you that I spilled my own blood so that my wounds might comfort and heal you that I sympathize with you in your weaknesses because I've experienced weakness, that I am near, and that you spent time at the feet of the Lamb. No one more gentle, no one more kind, no one more caring, no one more sacrificial than the Lamb. Are you beginning, as you imagine this, are you beginning to understand why this is such a big deal to Satan to keep you from doing this? Why it's such a big deal? The type of confidence that you would have, the type of security you would have, the type of boldness you would have to share the lion and the lamb with others, the type of focus you would have, if you started to take in the one thing necessary. If someone was trying to defeat you in a fight and you were going to train in six months and he had a way to keep you from eating for that six months, he would do everything possible to keep you from eating because you would know well, in six months you'd either be dead or incredibly weak, incredibly weak 
if you could have kept you from being well-nourished, barely scraping by with a bad meal once a week here or there. By the time he faced you, your muscles will have wilted, dilapidated, atrophied. You would have been way less weight, and you'd be a much easier opponent. This is what Satan does. He distracts your soul from being nourished, and then he goes in for the kill. Then he goes in for the kill. Satan doesn't go into the kill, go in for the kill after you've spent a month at the feet of Jesus. He's wiser than that. He's smarter than that. He's more cunning than that. He distracts you from this, distracts you from this, distracts you from it, and then he goes in. Major addiction. There he goes in. A major lie. Then he goes in. Let's wreck this part of their life. Because John 10.10 says this, that Jesus says, I have come to give life and life abundant, but the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. That is his plan. Spending time with Jesus. What I want you to see here, having relationship with Jesus is spiritual war. It is a spiritual war to whether or not you will spend time with Jesus. This is why when you wake up, when you wake up, oftentimes, you might go to bed the night before and go, you know what, when I'm going to wake up, I'm going to spend time with Jesus, right? And then you wake up and it's like, boom, smacked in the face with this list of worries and anxieties and distractions, right? How many of that, that happens? It's just like, I had this intention, I had this plan, and now I got this, I got this. Oh, man, I, I was going to set the alarm for 7 so I could get up earlier, 6.30 so I could get up early, and then the kids woke up at 5. And they're like, what? You know, like, didn't. Because it's war. Because it's war. But Jesus wants to remind us, I am the one thing necessary. As you spend time with Jesus, you get stronger. As you spend time with Jesus, you get stronger. Uh, one of the taglines of this men conference for the men, men, I I as we spend time with Jesus, we get stronger. As we spend time at the feet of Jesus, we get stronger. And one of their taglines is, uh, when the men get stronger, everything gets better. Um, and it doesn't mean like the world's view of strength. It's saying when, when you get men that become godlier, when you get men with better character, when you get men that look more like Jesus, everything around them gets better. And when you get men that look less like Jesus, when you get men with crappy character, when you get men that are following Satan, everything around them gets worse. Everything around them gets worse. Men, how do we get stronger? Spending time at the feet of Jesus. Spending time at the feet of Jesus. Lastly, I love this phrase in 42. After he says, but one thing is necessary, he says this, Mary has chosen the good portion. The good portion. Every single day, you're faced with a bazillion different choices, a bazillion different portions, a million things you could spend your time on, a million apps you could look, look at, a million podcasts you could listen to, a million things, chores you could do, all these things you could buy on Amazon, all these things you could buy on other websites, all these portions, there are portions, 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 portions. He says this about Mary. Mary has chosen the good portion. And what I love about this is don't think. Here's what Satan wants you to believe. Yeah, this is great, Jake. 
Yeah, I've heard this before. Yeah, I was even raised in the church. I know the song too. Grow, 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 blah, blah, blah. Read your Bible, pray every day, and it'll grow, grow, grow. But you know what? I've tried this before, and I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. Why even try again? I always fall off the horse, etc., etc., etc. Listen to this. It said, Mary has chosen the good portion. What this means is you can decide. God gives you a choice. You can choose the good portion. And look, if you one day didn't choose the good portion, guess what? Guess stinking what? This is what's so amazing that Jesus is a lamb and not just a lion. Because if Jesus was just a lion and we didn't choose the good portion, then the next day would be like, Jesus, we want to choose the good portion. <laughs> you don't deserve the good portion. <laughs> you know, oh, lion. But by God's grace, Jesus isn't just a lion. He is also a lamb. So the next day, Jesus, I've spent a month not choosing the good portion. And Jesus, the lamb, says, would you like to choose the good portion today? Would you like to come to my feet today? You know, you haven't come to my feet in years. You haven't come to my feet in months. You choose yesterday to look at images of my daughter on the phone instead of coming to me. I'm also the lamb. I hung on a cross for that. I sacrificed my life for all the times that you have chosen the bad portion. All the times that you have choos chosen the bad portion is the reason I had to go to the cross. All the times that I've been right there inviting you to my presence and you turned the other way and went to my enemy Satan's presence instead is why I have to be a lamb. It's why I have to be a lamb. And no matter how many times we choose the bad portion, Jesus reminds us at the cross that he invites us and says, look, Martha, your sister chose the good portion. When he says that to her, he's not shaming her. He's not guilting her. He's inviting her and saying, come choose the good portion. I love how gentle he is with her. Martha, you're, you're anxious and worried about so many things. He's not, I don't hear a, a, a belittling voice. I hear compassion. I hear compassion. Look, there's all these things that are distracting you. Maybe that's how you feel today. You feel distracted. You feel like you can do this. Jesus offers you a choice. You can choose the good portion right now and come to his feet. You can choose the good portion tonight before you go to bed and come to his feet. When you wake up in the morning, you can choose the good portion. Say, man, I want to spend time at the feet of Jesus. This is how good he is. This is how gracious he is. This is how patient he is. Always inviting us to choose the good portion, to be with Jesus, the lion and the lamb. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much. Thank you so much that you invite us into your presence. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you. We, we get to be with you, the lion and the lamb. Lord, we pray, would you help us by the power of the Holy Spirit to choose the good portion more and more and to be distracted less and less. Lord, we know we won't do this perfectly, but would you help us to hear your voice inviting us to the good portion and help our souls to rem remember and long for the good portion.
Help us to know you, the lion, and to know you, the lamb. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Before we sing songs, before I say amen, let's just spend a little time just praying to the lion and the lamb. And just as you feel led, if there's something you want to confess, pray it out loud, confess it. If you want to just thank Jesus for the invitation, thank him that he's a lion and lamb, whatever you just want to pray as a response, let's spend some time just praying out loud, short but, but loud prayers so we can pray together and hear as one voice. Uh, let's just spend a, a couple minutes praying as a response, and then we'll, we'll respond with singing as well. Jesus, we thank you for this invitation, and uh, I pray, Lord, that uh, we would be a church filled with men, women, and children that have strong, healthy, vibrant, robust souls because we spend time at the feet of Jesus, alone and together, that we would be a church that is a city on the hill, that we would be a light in darkness because we spend time at the feet of Jesus, alone and together. That we would be a church that is filled with courage and boldness. Imitating our lion because we spend time at the feet of the lion. That we would be a church filled with tenderness and kindness and humility. Because we spend time at the feet of the lamb. Lord, make us salt and light. Make us distinct. This doesn't happen by us trying harder. This happens by us being with you. So make us men and women that are different, that are distinct, that are healthy and filled with the Spirit because we spend time with Jesus. We love you and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, locals, let me leave you with this benediction. Um, church, there is a battle for your soul, a battle for your soul's comfort, your soul's health, your soul's joy and happiness, a battle for your soul's peace, a battle for where your soul will land for all of eternity. But church, you are not helpless in this battle. In fact, there's only one thing necessary for you to succeed in this battle, and that is to spend time at the feet of Jesus. And he invites you to come, to be in his presence, to enjoy the good portion. So church, go, taste and see that the Lord is good. Fill your soul with his presence. Enjoy the invitation to be with Jesus. Go, go in peace, go be the local church. Thank you for listening to Local Church Podcast. To learn more about our Jesus community, visit us at www.localchurchgh.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.